From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with me, Marshall Ramsey. This is the show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. Hey, today, well, we have the pleasure of sitting down with author and founder and president of the William Morris Group, William Morris. And we'll talk with him about his new book, This Magic Moment. It's an inspiring story of Bill's deep friendships with four American R&B legends and the power of music plus faith. Plus, Michelle and I will chat about the latest headlines in the weekly roundup. And if you'd like to be part of our conversation today, hey, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can drop me an email at marshall at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email marshall at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Good morning. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. Hey, we got a great show today. I spent yesterday reading this book. It is called This Magic Moment. It's by William H. Morris, who is in the studio with us. Bill's um, incredible, inspiring relationship with four of America's top R&B legends and Folks, y'all are not going to believe this, but at the end of the day, I think what you're really going to take out of the interview is it just, if you do good for people, good things are going to happen for you. Of course, you have to do good things for people and not expect good things. That's, of course, the, the big golden rule there. But uh, really looking forward to talking with Bill. Uh, he's in the studio. We're going to talk with him in a few minutes. Of course, if you want to be part of the show, you can always give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. You can uh, drop me an email at marshall at mpbonline.org. Michelle, guess what? It's election day tomorrow. I've got to do my last election day cartoon and get ready for it. And um, yeah, I hope the lines are as long for the voting booths as they are at certain chicken restaurants right. for their chicken sandwich. Because it's back. Oh, it's back. I said, you know, we were going to get one last night. We got done. We went to late church, and mm-hmm. so we were coming back, and we're thinking, hey, you know, they're back, and. I'm sure there won't be a line. It was out on Highway 51. I was insane. Well, I'm going to rub your nose in it. But Oh, you've got what? one? Oh, good for I you. I finally did. But guess what happened? I was on my way to another place to get some seafood. And my daughter looks at me and says, Mom, I want a chicken sandwich. I said, they're not back yet. She said, Oh, it yes, is. they are. This was Friday around. Oh, yeah. Nobody knew it at that right. point. Yeah. When I pulled in, I was in Byron. When I pulled up, the lady laughed and says, no one knows today was the first day oh, wow. we started selling. That was so smart on your part. <laughs> well, it really was not uh, planned. You know, I was going somewhere else, and my daughter said she wanted one. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, okay, let me try it. And it was good. I'm not saying yes or no. It wasn't the best chicken sandwich in the world. It's a fried chicken sandwich. But I you mean, know what? You know. I, I could have used a little more flavor on the meat, but the tenderloin um, bite of the meat, and this sounds like more like Deep South Dining Show. But yeah, no, that's fine. We can talk about food. No, no, no. That's the cool. tenderloin bite of the chicken. There was plenty of meat in the, instead of just crust. And I like yeah. that. And I, I did enjoy that. But again, uh, it's nothing that I would just turn right around and go back and stand in a two-hour line for. 
but I, it was good. Oh, no. I mean, mm-hmm. I, if they, they were stapling a $20 bill to it, I wouldn't wait in line that long. <laughs> I'm just not going to do that. No. But, uh, yeah, no, but on the other side, speaking of um, – election day coming up look folks i'm not going to tell you how to vote this isn't a, this isn't a political show we don't do that here no. but just go and and don't you know don't be influenced by the ad the latest ad you saw or whatever do a little bit of homework and get in there and just think about mississippi because at the end of the day that's what we're deciding is right. what direction we want to go and just exercise your right uh, a lot of people um are out there fighting for it every yes, single day exactly so you know you want to exercise that right that people didn't have a right to um for so now you have it so use it yeah use it mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't take long it you get a cool it. sticker <laughs> you know very good so um, it's good especially if you have young ones like 18 and really just starting to vote or teenagers looking at you take them and let them see the process of it as oh well. yeah i always love taking my kids in and let them see because they now they're kind of like my oldest one's now actually old enough to vote oh, so wow. which kind of blows my mind it's like this will be his first time yeah he's oh, 18 cool. he's 18 cool. so he's gonna go out there and cast his vote so i'm very very proud of him speaking but. of mississippi look do you know it is 57 days till the end of the year it is. I know. It's like 57 days. It's that's, November. It's like, what did that happen? I love it, though. Obviously, I'm on glad. the first, but. But 57 days, it puts a lot of things in perspective. You know, yeah, whatever get, your goals get were. Get your tax stuff ready, so because it's about time. <laughs> Look, you're jumping ahead of me now. I'm thinking of holidays and Christmas and. Oh, I haven't. I, I love yeah, that I haven't part. even done. You know, my wife, who, thank God, I would seriously be living just out in the woods somewhere if it wasn't for her because she honestly is the left brain of my whole existence she she does all the organizing everything she's done with christmas shopping oh wow she is like a rock star okay mom yeah no she's done i so. can say this i am the shopper i like to experience the hustle and bustle i like to be out in, in the stores i like i feel nostalgic when i go out in the stores so online shopping for me i don't think i'm gonna do a lot i did order a few things for my daughter online and i felt like i was doing something wrong like this is not how you shop for christmas i'm supposed to be out in stores and and hitting the pavement but um i might do a few more things but i actually like to go in the stores i like to see the christmas uh lights and the trees and the whole nine yeah i you know i am usually the guy that complains about the christmas decorations being put up at at the big box store in july Mm -hmm. you know i don't like that but i'm okay with it now and even though Thanksgiving's coming up, because I generally believe Thanksgiving should be every day. Yeah. It shouldn't just be the 28th of November. But I really honestly am very happy to start hearing Christmas music. So that's kind of cool. So anyway, yeah, it's hard, but it's hard to believe. I mean, here I was sitting there thinking, because it was so hot, so late. And then suddenly, boom, it's almost Christmas. <laughs> it's like, what happened here? It was under degrees up until two weeks ago. So uh, and, and I know, of course, uh, Bill's in the office with us right now in, in the studio. And of course, you've done all your Christmas shopping, I'm sure. I haven't even thought about it. You haven't even thought about it? Right. So you're a man after my own heart. Of course, you're, you're like me. You outkicked your coverage big time because Camille's awesome. She is awesome. Yeah. And I She'll mean, do it. I can just tell just from reading the book. And we'll, we'll talk to you. We'll interview about the book here in just a minute. Of course, the book is This Magic Moment, My Journey of Faith, Friends, and a Father's Love. And you know what? I was thinking about that title. You really do cover all that pretty well because you've got two amazing daughters, and we'll, we'll talk about them, too. I'm a big fan of one of your daughters. I don't really know about your daughter Camille's artwork, but Catherine's, oh, my gosh. She's, she's just incredible. So I'll let you brag on her a little bit too well she is incredible i knew it in the eighth grade when she was in eighth grade i said oh my gosh Catherine, you should make art your career wow and 
I said, if you feel God is calling you that, I want to see you do it. You know how incredibly important that is that you said that to her, though? Because a lot of kids never get that. And the fact that she, you know, because there were probably some tough times when she was out there trying to make her way. And she probably heard your voice in her head thinking, you know what? Dad believes in me, then I'm good. I do believe in him. Yeah. Because my dad did the same thing to me because I was like eight years old. And I looked at him one day and I said, yeah, I want to be an editorial cartoonist, which is probably the weirdest thing an eight-year-old could possibly ever <laughs> yeah. tell his dad. My dad just looked at me and said, and you'll be the best one ever. Like, Well, you yeah. probably are. I'm close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the nice thing, there's aren't many of us left, so that works out pretty well. So, well, very good. I tell you what, though, we'll, we'll go ahead and we're going to take a break, and we're going to bring you back in officially we got a great show ahead of us. We've got, of course, uh, the head of the William Morris Group, but also the author of This Magic Moment, William H. Morris, or as I like to call him, Bill. He's going to be in talking a little bit about the book and about an incredible friendship that he had with four legendary singers, which, folks, you're just not going to believe the life that he's lived. This is going to be a great show. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This magic moment So different and so new Was like any other Until I kiss you And then it happened It took me by surprise I knew that you felt it too By the look in your eyes Sweeter than wine you know, it's not often that we have a guest in the studio that not only can sing the songs quite well, but also knows the people that are singing them. So this is going to be a great show. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Our guest today is lifelong Jacksonian, and I mean his family literally founded the place, and we can touch on that in a second, too. He's founder and president of the William Morris Group. You know, for years, I've just heard the William Morris Group, and it's so nice to actually get to sit in the room with you. So it's insurance consulting and marketing firm, but also has interest in... This guy is like a renaissance guy. He can do photography. He writes well. He can sing. Um, of course, his family's incredibly talented. And he's written a fabulous new book now. Of course, it's called This Magic Moment. Bill, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Marshall. It's my privilege to be here. And I just wanted to tell the listeners that I was not building you up artificially on that. I'm not pumping you up because the, the book is great, but your life has been incredible. Um, you are born here in Jackson. Uh, your family's been here forever. You helped found Galloway Church in yep. downtown, which is kind of yeah. neat. One, one of your daughters was married there, wasn't she? Um, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, so, Catherine was yeah. married there. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. And See, I yeah. did read the I book. I was married there. My you mom were married and there? dad were married there. 
okay. all baptized there. So you're just telling your you're telling your grandkids, okay, yeah, okay, just just go ahead and get ready for it. Yeah. But you grew up at a time in Mississippi, of course, during segregation. But you didn't really know it at the time. Um, you didn't really pay attention to no. it. As a matter of fact, kids didn't know it. Kids, kids no. didn't know it. But you were working. You ended up getting jobs working in situations where you worked with, with people that were African-Americans and you didn't think anything of it. You're just like, hey, no. we got to carry 50-pound things and put them in this truck. Exactly. So. 600 of them. But so you grew up, you loved music, mm-hmm. and you were going off to Ole Miss, and your dad did something that I think changed the, the whole destiny of your life. He literally told you, okay, you're going to have to pay for part of your college. Right. you got to have some skin in the game. Right. That's, I think that's a very important message today. Uh, people think they might like to have something free, but honestly, if you pay for a class, you're not as likely to cut it. Yes. Yeah, I'm in graduate school right now. Believe me, I pay a lot more attention in that than I did when I was, when I was 18 years old. But you had a love of music. And so you decided, hmm, I, I think there's an opportunity. You were an entrepreneur, to be honest with you. I mean, I couldn't even have imagined doing what you did. You literally produced dances after football games. Yep, 15 of them. 15 of them, and 14 of them were successes. Correct. But I learned a lot from that one that did not go so well. <laughs> See, but that's what I try to tell my kids. You know, sometimes failure isn't that if you learn from it. No, it's, that's a winner. If you, if you learn... And avoid a big mistake later. That was a small mistake. But you were also um, exposed to incredible talent music. I mean, because there were bands that were traveling around and you would book them. So you ended up getting to know some really special people. Oh, yeah. I remember down at the National Guard Armory walking out to the refreshment truck with Chuck Berry to get a Coke. In fact, I bought him a Coke that night. (laughs) He was just drenched because they didn't have air conditioning. Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Wow. One of the world's greatest ever. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. And, and, of course, like I said, you didn't think anything of it. Now, but you <clears throat> did you know at this point that you could sing? No. You did not? Okay. I did not know until I was about 38 years old. I really? just would sing, you know, driving up the highway, turning the radio up and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, in Washington, D.C. is when it began. And, yeah, uh, Bill, Bill, let me back up for a second. When I drive up the highway and sing, <clears throat> I know I can't sing. It's pretty right. obvious. So you had to have kind of a hint. But we'll go to, it was 1980. You were in Washington. You were, of course, you'd, you decided instead of going into the, the producing business or whatever, you went into right. the insurance business. Right, correct. Yeah, that, that became your calling. Yeah. How come you went that direction instead of music? Well, I remember that one dance that I did make. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> but uh, honestly, I wanted uh, a steadier form of of uh, income and something that would be uh, I could count on. Yeah. Uh, so I knew that if I put my heart into it, that it would go well. Yeah. And and it and it did. I it, mean, you've oh, you've yes. had a very successful career. You help people exceptionally. So you do really well at helping people, and you have your Thank whole career. You. So 1980, you're up in there. It's pretty much near. I was trying to think where the restaurant was. The Hogate's, Hogate's is, is right down on a canal. I, don't, I wasn't paying attention to exactly where the cab was driving us, but yeah. I understand it's down well, down the, on a canal, uh, and they have a entertainment center right next to the okay. great restaurant. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's still in existence, but uh, I was there with a, a high school classmate from Murr High. We finished in 1960. Troy Mashburn was... Mm-hmm. Uh, a private pilot, a jet pilot, and he was flying Ronald Reagan and J.W. Marriott and other 
uh, notables like that. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I convinced Troy, let's go hear the Moon Glows tonight. Uh, Which was one of your favorite bands oh, when you yeah. in high school. Yeah, yeah, they were. Well, they oh, their were song as "Sincerely" as is fantastic. Oh, it's it's yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you if if a person would just stop and listen to the nuances in their music. Now, when I'm with you, I think is their best arrangement yeah. of any song. And I used to sing that to Harvey Fuqua. Yeah. Later. <laughs> yeah, which he's one yeah. of the four people that we're going to yeah. touch because Harvey's. Right. Um, yeah. Was the lead singer of the Moon Glows. He well. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, Bobby Lester was the lead right. singer. Bobby was there that well, night yeah, in, in Washington. And he was the only original member at that point. And, and, that, yeah. and that group. Now, they had split up because so many groups had their differences. And, like marriages. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. But Harvey went his way. Bobby Lester his. Uh, Pete. And uh, he went to New York mm-hmm. and formed his own group of <laughs> clothes. <Yeah>. And, <laughs> and uh, presumably Prentice would have done the same. But... Uh, you know that's another part of the story is yeah his b- becoming disabled right because I mean that's what we're about to talk about led you to Prentice but so you're sitting there you're listening yeah. to the music it and it intermission you go like yeah see this is most people I don't think would have done this they might have gone to the restroom but you I go, was the only one that was up there right you went straight to their dressing room <laughs> yeah. and knocked on the door and said hi I'm Bill from Jackson Mississippi right. and they didn't know who in the world they looked. I just I come bounding in there. I mean, I was so excited just to be in the presence. And then I looked over there. I said, "Where's Billy McFadder?" Now Billy was Clyde McFadder's son. Yeah, Clyde was the lead singer, the tenor of the Drifters, and one of the greatest tenors in all of rock and roll. So I started carrying on with Billy and uh, singing some of his dad's songs. And then I started in a song by Shep in the Limelights called "Daddy's Home." Great, great song. It's a sequel to the song You're a Thousand Miles Away, but I still have your love to remember you by. Anyway, that's, uh, they were called the Heartbeats then. That's 1954, then 61, they did this other thing. Well, I went in there and started singing that, and then then they, Bobby Lester was tutoring these other guys uh, because, you know, he was trying to teach them how to sing the Moonglows song. He said, don't ever let the sound of the Moonglows die. So that's, in which well, later on you found yeah. out there was a reason why he was that doing was it, a, too. Exactly. Yeah. But it also played in the mystery of me being on that program. Uh, and anyway, uh, I started singing that song, uh, Daddy's Home, with Billy McFadder, and the rest of them, uh, Bobby and the group, came over and started singing it with me. And then he said, come on, baby, you got to do that song with us. You do the lead in the next show or we back you up. I said, man, I'm I'm not even thinking about doing that. I've never even had a mic in my hands. Oh, no, baby, you got it now. You got it. I thought they were just humoring me or something. But anyway, we get downstairs. Some guy comes out and announces I'm in the audience. And now the moon <laughs> Anyway, so I sit up to wave and sit back down. Well, they weren't having any of that. He motioned me up to the stage, moved over. There were four microphones up there, and they moved over from one of them and beckoned me on stage, and we did it. And then all these other singers who were in the audience started coming up and saying, Come on, baby, now tell me what group you're normally with. And I said, Well, I'm not normally with any group. I'm an insurance man up here. <laughs> anyway, so, so I knew that night as I was going home in the taxi, going back to the hotel, 
I knew something mighty had happened. That was a God thing. It, it really was, was a God thing. Yeah. That's I asked him. A professional group is not going to invite a total stranger up on the a stage. Total, a white guy. Yeah. I mean, let's get real. I mean, yeah. this guy. You know. So anyway, I'm, I, I said, Lord, what was this about? He said, in an inaudible voice, he said, Bill, this is about my glory, and I'm going to reveal to you in due time what I mean. Of course, you're looking at the book, Marshall. Yeah. There's 40 years worth of his glory. Well, and it was like literally right after you get back, there's an article in the Clarion Ledger. Oh, yeah. It's one yeah, year Peggy to the wrote date. It. Yeah, um, Peggy Elam. Yeah, Peggy Elam. Elam. Yeah. Um, a little bit before my time, but I remember yeah. who she was. But she wrote a really good article oh, about she... one of the members of the Moon Glows, of all things, yes. from Magnolia, Mississippi, Right. who is literally he could not barely survived. Right. He he was living in Jackson at the time. What are He's the a, odds of that happening? Well, that's why the chills went up my back when I picked up that paper and I started looking. I said, oh my gosh. Then I heard the voice for the second time. Yeah. Now do you know why you sang with him? Now go take care of him. And I went in and called him, Marshall. And when he answered that phone, I had never heard such a forlorn voice in all my life. He answered the phone and said, Hello. I said, Prentice? Yeah. It's Bill Morris. Yeah. I read that article. He didn't want to talk to me. I could tell by the sound of his voice. Said, but, Prentice, I sang with the Moonglows last year in Washington. Yeah? Oh, wow. And a friendship was begun. And we began to get together he didn't have any of the records they had recorded i mean can you really? imagine oh wow <laughs> no i said where where, where well, are he, they he got in a car i mean an accident yeah, and lost was, his arm right he 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 had left he was going to go to california and strike yeah. it rich out there i guess and um he was in san antonio traveling through in the, in the nighttime and he ended up in a train car collision at uh at some intersection and that he went through Two years and ten operations, lost his left arm from the elbow down, yeah. and uh, had a crushed hip. So he he really he couldn't, couldn't perform. perform on stage yeah. and that stuff. But you know, just a little bit of encouragement for a man who was totally destitute in every way a man can be broken. He was spiritually broken, physically, emotionally, financially. Just think of any way you can think of, and and it was just his life was bereft of anything. And you didn't just come in and give him a handout. You came in no, and you he, literally lifted him up. And I know I think he was proud enough that he wouldn't have taken right. it. Right? No, he wouldn't have. He, yeah. In fact, Prentice never asked me for a nickel. But whenever he got anything, and we saw to it that he got some money here and there, and uh, it was really he was so. Deeply appreciative. But he started performing again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. And w once they started recognizing these people in the 90s, that's yeah. when they started really, well, 88, uh, I think, was the first Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing. But So it was another dozen years before the Moonglows were brought into that. But there were the Rhythm and Blues Foundation, which Bonnie Raitt was ahead uh, of that at times, uh, along with several other notables, Jerry Butler. You've seen him on these MPB specials, yeah. uh, doo-wop specials. I have been with almost every one of those people on those specials at one time or another. Not 100% of them, but yeah. I would say 
I'd say close to 90% of them, I've been backstage with them, traveling at the hotels, whatever, you know, when they would have these Rhythm and Blues Pioneer Awards where they mm-hmm. would recognize these people. That's Domino, and I mean, you right. just name it. Oh, and that was the unexpected. Yeah. That was the unexpected blessing on this because here yeah. you were, you were take, helping mm. take care of Prentice's life, but you would get to go with him to these events, and you started meeting people. That was incredible. And I knew God wanted me to go. Yeah, Amen. We got Amen. Cheryl on the line from Daphne, Alabama. Hello, Cheryl. Thanks for listening. What's your question? Well, this is Doctor Stewart. Am I on the right channel? <laughs> yes, you're in the right place. Okay, uh, we've had a measles epidemic, of a chickenpox epidemic, and now I think we're going to have a mumps. No, I think you got the I think you got the wrong thing. But Cheryl, thanks. I appreciate you calling. I appreciate that. So I, I don't know, Bill. You're a pretty talented guy. What you, you could probably help us with vaccines, but I think that's probably better. <laughs> well, left. I would recommend you follow your doctor's orders. Yes, definitely on that. So, <laughs> yeah. so, but speaking of doctor's orders, and you know, he was. Not in good health. All these guys, you know, they literally have been on the road. They've been eating fast food. They've been around smoke. So they were all, they had diabetes, and, and they were struggling on that. Talk about how your friendship with him led to your next friendship, because you ended up meeting. Okay, folks, if you've ever heard heard this White Christmas from Home Alone. Yeah, which you do that very well. You did it at a funeral, by the way. Tell us a little bit about Bill. Uh, well, I met Bill Pinckney initially in 1963. Uh, he was the, the Drifters, the original Drifters featuring Bill Pinckney were performing at a sorority for, formal at Ole Miss. And so just as I'm accustomed to doing, I want to meet. So I want to go backstage. And here's Bill changing from uh, a red tuxedo into a white one or something like that. And anyway, I remember him hopping around on one leg trying to get his uh, leg in the pants and talk to me at the same time telling me about the drifters and so forth so that was our initial meeting and then that would have been in 63 so in 1985 the drifters were playing for a diabetes benefit out in on uh, the hilton so camille and i go out and we we're there and at intermission i go up and i said bill <laughs> reacquainted myself yeah bill and I said, uh, look, uh, I've got this uh, friendship with a guy named Prentice Barnes. And Moon goes, you know Prentice Barnes? I said, he's a very dear friend of mine. He said, well, is that, I want to see him. Wow. I said, well, why don't I just bring him to see you um, tomorrow? He said, all right, you just come on down. We're down to Ramada Coliseum. And so I remember the moment. It was just it's so clear in my mind when Prentice and I got out of the car Bill was waiting outside the hotel there for us. He saw Prentice limping up, saw that one arm. Uh, well, he wore prosthesis, yeah. but he, he saw him and said, Oh, Prentice, brother. Bill wrapped his big old word, oh, burly wow. arms around Prentice, and said, I missed you so. We went into Bill's room and spent three hours listening to those two, two of the greatest groups in, of all in rock and roll history and those two guys talking about old times at the Apollo Theater when James Brown was just a fill-in act yeah. and, <laughs> <laughs> but Marshall they didn't have the money to pay to get out of the hotel at times I know that's the whole tragedy about it this whole thing it is sickening and uh, Bill told me he never got paid for doing uh, 
the song on Home Alone, The White Christmas. They never paid him for that. Prentice told me he, he got paid $25 per movie that Alan Freed put together. <clears throat> wow. So it's, no, they were hammered at every point. Wow. We're, well, this is a good time to take a break. We're going to continue our conversation with author Bill Morris. Of course, the book is fantastic. It's This Magic Moment, My Journey of Faith, Friends, and a Father's Love. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Just like the ones I used to know Where those streets are Listen and children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow The snow But then I, I, I am dreaming Of a white Christmas Christmas card I write May your days, may your days, may your days be merry and bright And may all your Christmases be white If you miss anything on MPB Think Radio, you can always stay up to date by logging on to our website at mpbonline.org or use your mobile device and download our MPB public media app. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. my heart turn upside down and my head goes spinning, spinning, spinning. round and round it only happens when I'm with you Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Unfortunately, uh, Bill's mic was not on, or you would have heard him singing along as well. If you're just joining us the program today, we're talking with William Morris. He's the author of This Magic Moment, My Journey of Faith, Friends, and Father's Love. And he's also the founder of the William Morris Group, PA. And if you have any questions or comments, give us a call. We do have a caller right now who called us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Hey, Roger, welcome to the show. Hello, Roger. Okay. We'll get you in just a half second here. Roger, thanks for joining us. What's your what's your comment or question? Well, I'm just delighted at your show. Thank you. Thank you for William and, uh, and the whole thing. I just wanted to uh, recall for a few people up in North Mississippi that there was a group formed by the, some of the members of the class of the 57 Sturtville High School, and it was called the Stanzas. And we covered it. We didn't use the word covered in those days, but we sang all those songs, especially sincerely. And there was the uh, pianist to begin with, Robert Massey, taught me how to play those in four chords, maybe it's five chords, I don't know. <laughs> I can still do it. And uh, and we sang, and they went on, and I got fired. Well, I, I just, I wasn't good enough, but uh, they went on and sang on the end song and show, and did some stuff, so it was the stanzas from Starkville, Mississippi, 
And William, I didn't know you, but our hearts are in the same place on all these subjects, and I envy your experiences. Thank you, and oh. uh, keep keep talking. I'm going to hang up and listen to y'all. You don't need my voice. Keep talking. Thank you. Great call, Roger. Thank you so much. Yeah, huh? thanks, Roger. I'm I did this book to bless people, so. Uh, obviously, it's doing that for you. I think Roger would enjoy it. He needs to get a copy of it right away. And you're and you're actually going to do a signing this Friday coming yeah. up at us uh, in Square Books in yeah, Oxford. Yeah, Square Books in Oxford. Uh, if you'll drive on over about a hundred miles uh, <laughs> to the west, uh, I'll be glad to see you that'd Friday be, night. That'd be great. We got Paulette Five who's o'clock. calling from Bolton. Hey, Paulette, how are you? What's your question or comment? I'm fine. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for calling. It was very special to me to hear Brother Bill this morning. I knew Prentice Barnes. Uh, oh. His mother and he, my mother and him were friends. And the night that he had the special for the Moon Glows, the show for the Moon Glows, uh, we were invited. We were there. I had a chance to meet Brother Bill and uh, the whole Moon Glow group. And it was so special to us. And it was special to Mr. Barnes. Uh, and he, my mom is from Macomb, Mississippi. So he and my mom and Prentice would drive. They would go back to Macomb and he'd pick her up and they'd go back to Macomb and visit. They found out that they knew each other from back in the day. But just hearing Brother Bill talk about oh. that time brought memories back to me because Mr. Prentice was a very, very special person. Well, I love Prentice very much. Uh, It's hard to measure how much you love someone, but I would say Prentice and Bill Pinckney in particular were two of the top five best friends I've ever had in my life, and Rufus McKay and um, Harvey Fuqua would certainly be in the top ten. But that night you mentioned... That night we honored Prentice. Yeah. That has to be one of the brightest moments ever in my life, and I've had some very bright moments. Mm-hmm. But I don't know of anything more affirming to me than to stand on that stage with Prentice at my side and to be able to, to honor him in front of all of these people. These were very successful people from all over well, way beyond just Mississippi, they came from New York and North Carolina and Texas and all over. Yeah. Uh, and I just wanted people to know about Prentice. And he he was just so taken by the whole thing. Wow. Yes, a uh, very lovable man, and uh, I miss him. Yeah, we miss him also. He was at our home many, many times. Uh, we would... Uh, go to his, he lived on what, Capitol Street? What Capitol Street? Well, for a period of time he lived there. He lived uh, over at the Albemarle Apartments uh, another time and uh, then ultimately uh, we had to get him down to close to his family because he was getting where he was forgetting things and what have you and uh, he needed somebody to be near him all the time and so his oldest brother Houston was a wonderful man and yes he was you could just we look got at a chance to meet all of them so like i said prentice was a very very special person uh to us and no matter what he went through he was okay he he dealt with it uh and and you know he he he, 
he he fought through it. Whatever it was, he fought through it. So I appreciate you remembering him. This he used to always call you Brother Bill. That's him, Brother Morris. <laughs> what he come, uh, Brother Morris, apprentice <laughs> here. <laughs> I said, yeah, man, what's going on? All right. Thank you, Paulette. Thank you so much for the call. And I, I will we'll, we'll jump back to Bill in just a second. But I will say this, that there was one event that you were at <clears> that he lost, he forgot his arm. Oh, yeah. yeah that so, was something. And so you're having to literally help I, him get dressed. How about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction? Yeah. Oh, not, yeah. not a big deal or anything. <laughs> not New York City. But, you know, you think uh, about it. And, and, and like I said, you didn't do this for yourself. You did this to honor him. And. But he probably would have died alone, not knowing how much people loved him. He told me on a number of occasions, and I don't give myself this credit. I'm, I praise the Lord for it, but he just used me in this case. He told me several times, he said, Brother Morris, he said, I'm pretty sure I would have been dead shortly thereafter if you hadn't come along. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he, and, and I'm pretty sure I, w- I would agree with him. He he was headed down. He was an alcoholic when I found him. We yeah. had to get him in the CDU and all that stuff. But you he gave finally him gave it up. He got involved in his church, the Morning Star Baptist Church And you choir. sang with him there. I sang with yeah. him there. I did that song, People Get Ready. <laughs> that was fun. I sang that at his funeral, too. Well, Bill Pinkney, um of course, in the original Drifters, Bill, you know, a lot of people didn't notice about him. The guy was a war hero. Oh, he, he had absolutely three, was. three bronze stars and a silver star. Yes. I mean, and a that, presidential citation. Yeah. That's that tells you a lot about yeah. who he was as a human being. He was really he was a character. Uh, He's but, also a professional baseball player. Really? Yeah. He played uh, for the Brooklyn Pelicans, I think was the name uh, for a period that was just before. He and Clyde McFadden and the others formed the Drifters. Yeah. Wow. Now, did, like I said, you, you met him yeah. You met him here in Jackson yeah. at an event, yeah. uh, and you struck up a friendship with him that was equally as strong as what you had with Prentice. And, and uh, just the, how, did, how did you end up getting into doing a gospel album with him? Because I, I think this is a great story, and the album itself is wonderful, which you can find. I actually found it on Apple Music, so yeah. I was able to listen to it. Well, it is a fabulous CD, honestly. Uh, well, what happened was <clears throat> uh, Prentice and I, at a certain point, Bill was performing at the Ameristar Theater over in, uh, or casino, I should say, and they have a theater within the casino. Uh, back in 1980, whatever, 85. So anyway, um Prentice and I went over there to see Bill. No, I'm sorry. Let me jump ahead 10 years. It was almost 95. It's 94. So Prentice and I went over to see him, and um, and so I said, oh, Lord, I'm going to get them. I'm going to record this session. So because I I was kicking myself for not recording that other one, yeah. you know, the first one where they met in 1985. So I, I get in there, and I cut the record on. We're going through the thing, and... Bill and Prentice, there was one thing they kept saying. Bill would say, Bill, you know, God has been so good to me. And Prentice would say, yes, he's been good to me too. So they were appreciative no matter what had gone on in their yeah. life. So shortly thereafter, uh had someone from a major insurance carrier ask me to get together the entertainment for the upcoming convention a couple of months from then. So they sent me a, uh, I asked Bill Pinkney to send me a tape. So he sent me a tape, and at the closing of the tape, it was actually when he was uh, in Vicksburg, and he said, 
folks, you know, God has been so good to me. Would you mind if I close his show with a gospel number? And then he talked about how he would be out in the cotton fields as a little boy with his mama. No shirt on his back, no shoes on his feet. And he said, it was so hot, Mom. Mama taught me how to sing to pass the time of day. And when he started all of that, and I was wow. listening to that tape, I, I, oh, wow. I, I was crying. I mean, tears coming down my cheeks as I was going to the office. And I thought, okay, Lord, what is it you want? I know, you, I know you're up to something. Yeah. <laughs> I knew. So I called Bill Pinkney. I said, Bill, yeah, Bill, good morning. How you doing, man? I said, Bill. You ever thought about doing a gospel city? Well, no, Bill, I really hadn't. I said, well, would you like to? He said, Bill, I, that sounds good to me. He said, what you got in mind? I said, well, why don't we just pray about it a couple of months, and if we get a yes, I'll put you in touch with the people that really know how to do it. So that's what happened. He got selected to do that uh, convention, and I ended up singing with him at that convention, and then we put the deal together. I became president of Hallelujah Productions shortly <laughs> there. <laughs> I had to form a, a company and everything to do it. Oh, incredible. We're going to yeah. take a quick break, and we're going to continue the conversation. The book is This Magic Moment, My Journey of Faith, Friends, and the Father's Love. Author, of course, Bill Morris. He's with us right now. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. is the destination for everything Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Catch up on past shows from Think Radio, check out MPB TV or Music Radio, and become a sustaining member, all from one place. Get connected now at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. When this old world starts getting me down just too much for me to face I climb way up to the top of the stair and all my cares just drift right into space on the roof is peaceful as can be and All right, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Our guest is William Morris, Bill, as we like to call him. The book is This Magic Moment, My Journey in Faith and Friends and Father's Love. Uh, Bill, we got Edgar on the line. We're going to bring him in. Edgar, thanks for calling the show. What's your question or comment? 
about your comment uh, with Bill. We, Bill, I don't know if you remember me. We met at Demiria's at the book signing. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I just want to applaud you for what you did with those guys at the time when they really needed a person like you. And uh, mm-hmm. that was so important in their lives. Um, I had an opportunity. I did not know Bill Pinckney, but I did meet Slide McFadden. When I was in college at Tuvalu, we had a little doo-wop group called The Voices on the Deuce, and our first song was Money Honey. Oh, yeah. We tried to do Money Honey, and that tenor was really tough for us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, that is a big tenor song. <laughs> Clyde McFadden. Yeah. But, but uh, we really, uh, really appreciated that. And uh, I, uh, I remember when uh, um, I was a high school student in Vicksburg when uh, Rufus McKay came out of the Navy before he started singing what then was called the uh, uh, Doc Raymond and the Rebops prior to becoming the Red Top. Correct. And uh, we were marveled over that guy's tremendous voice. He had a velvety voice, is what I call it. And uh, I actually did a documentary on him uh, shortly before he died. I went to Vicksburg, right? And uh, we 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 did a we filmed him uh, as he went through his photo albums with me of the whole his whole history. So it was over two hours of documentation of his whole life. I'd like to see that. Uh, well, I'm a, I'll, it'll eventually be at the Department of Archives and History but and or at Ole Miss. I'm on, someday I'm going to uh, donate, just like B.B. Uh, King did with his record collection. I've already given a lot of mine to Ole Miss and to that, uh, the, you know, the I've forgotten what the exact title is, a study of Southern history or culture or something. Yeah, anyway, yeah, but anyway, uh, uh, well, I'm I'm thankful I've been a part of this, to say the least. It's uh, a deep joy. Well, you know, and just finally, uh, as a follow-up to that, uh, I am just putting a plug for what we're trying to do now to help these native blues musicians and musicians in general. I introduce you to the Benevolent Fund that the Mississippi Blues Foundation has to try to assist those musicians, those uh, musicians rather, who really uh, didn't get their, their due, and we're trying to help them survive at this time. It's called the Benevolent Fund. I just All wanted right. to mention that. Edgar, thank you so much. Great call. Thank you, thank you, Edgar. Bill, that's a big part of what you've been doing. I mean, you had a big fundraiser early on to help raise to help raise money because, you know, he's talking about Rufus. Rufus and right. his life had no money. Yeah. And, you know, these guys, like I said, they, they didn't get royalty payments. They didn't get, you uh, know, just they got screwed over. I, I got Rufus to move back to Mississippi. He was yeah. out in Reno, Nevada, and he was really not doing anything. He he was looking after some lady, uh, as I understand it, just uh, you know, kind of a caregiver kind of person. And uh, I said, Rufus, you got to move back to Mississippi. People out there don't even know who you are. Yeah, but we love you here. And you remember uh, his. The part in the book where he called me, and he had never asked me for anything, but he was desperate. It was not long before Christmas. Yeah, and it's like he wasn't going to get his Social Security yeah, check until January. Yeah, two couple of weeks later. So yeah. I said, Bill, this Rufus, can you help me? I said, well, sure. He wouldn't tell me what's going on. He said, Bill, I don't have any money, and I, my Social Security check's not coming in until uh, January the 3rd. And I said, why don't you let me see what I can do? So I sent there's a guy named Robert Johnson who has a uh, fabulous uh, music following. He sends out uh, music every day. Uh, 
uh, to a group of about 300 of us. I said, Robert, can we, can I design a letter for you to send out to everybody? Yeah. So I did it. Thousands of dollars poured in. Oh, that's wonderful. With cards and letters. Yeah. We took it all to Rufus. He was just overcome with depth of gratitude for he said, I had no idea people cared this much. I said, I've been trying to tell you, we love you. You're ours. And that's, you know, and that is the ultimate compliment, I think, of the book, is that there is a golden thread of love. Your love of music, but your love of these guys the that you got, that you, got to to, you got to know them and you got to yeah. be able to give back and say thank you yeah. in, in a way like that. And, of course, now a portion of the proceeds go toward being able to help. Right. As well. Yeah, music here. So yeah. we, we went and visited with the people in Nashville about that. And maybe we'll be able to do something for the uh, other thing, too, the guy called. In, in the remaining couple minutes here, we've got, I've got to say, you are a man of many talents. You ought to be doing a radio show. Gosh, I wish I had your voice. <laughs> oh. Not only singing, but you oh. have a great radio voice, too. The photographs <clears throat> in this. And it's like everywhere you went, of course, as you're going along with Prentice and then as you, as you get to know the different folks, you literally are taking pictures the whole way. And you, of yeah. course, never meeting a stranger, you were getting into places where they wouldn't let normal right. press photographers. <laughs> no. So there's, there's what, over 100 photographs in 135 this book. 135 photographs. Wow. And I've got thousands, obviously. Yeah. I love the one yeah. of um, Bonnie Raitt and your wife, Camille, oh, together. Yeah. Oh, Two redheads. I still remember when it's I introduced them. Bonnie said, oh, Bill, she's lovely. I said, I know. <laughs> let me get a shot of y'all. You know, and and touching on yeah. the one part on this, too, we didn't talk about your love for your daughters. And one thing I love as a dad in there, once a year you would take them on, each one of them on a trip by themselves to go yes. and have special time with you. I would commend that to all fathers because you'll do things naturally with your boy. You'll throw football, baseball, all that yeah. stuff. Your daughters, they need that special time because they're going to get their self-esteem by how the father treats them. Yeah. Well, I think you've done okay. Your 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 kids seem to be doing all right. You've got you've got a great family, well, and of course, um, now you still who are you still in touch with? Because I mean, unfortunately, these guys have all no, passed. They're all gone. They're all gone now. All no, gone. I know the I'm, four have I'm, gone. I'm, well, I talked to a guy named uh, Larry Cotton who called me out of the blue. I've been trying to get in touch with him two years. He's a, a a writer and a DJ up in New yeah. York City. Yeah, and uh, he called me, and uh, you know he's. Uh, and also Mary Wilson, she she called me, you know, she yeah. just don't dance with the stars, but she did an endorsement of my book. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yes, and I saw where you had Charles Overby, too. Oh, yeah. That, that's good. I and got a nice email from him after that. He was very taken by this book. He said, Bill, I don't think I've ever seen a book that had photographs done so well as in your book. And he, he said, I love reading it. Next book signing is at? At Square Books, Friday, this coming Friday, the 8th. Five o'clock on, and so um, come by and uh, let us uh, personalize a book to you. It'll be my pleasure. Bill, this has been a pleasure uh, on many different levels. I'm just so glad to get to spend time with you. Marshall, this has been a dream of mine to have you interview me. Oh, well, thank you. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had to be pretty yeah. low on your bucket list. No, no. that's Thank you. You do such a great job. I appreciate it. Of course, I want to thank all of you for joining us, too. I want to thank, of course, our guest, author and founder and president of the William Morris Group, William Bill Morris, for sharing this story with us today. Great show. If you'd like to hear it again or any past episodes, visit mpbonline.org slash now you're talking, and you can listen to our podcast. And if you're 
This is Now You're Talking as a production of MPB Think Radio. It's produced by Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell. And join us next week for more Now You're Talking here on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have an awesome week.